Hey, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. It is episode number 720, being recorded on April 26, 2023. And for tonight, and tonight only, I'm your host, Josh Walrath. I'm the guy beside him, Jeremy Hallstrom. We're going around reverse, uh, what is it called? Counterclockwise, I'm Sebastian P. No, no, it's actually clockwise. (laughs) I'm going to be the guy above him and the guy next to him the other way. And I'm going to be Brett tonight. I occasionally do that. So even though we're being contrapositive, look that one Mm -hmm. up. Uh, Mm. You can support this site and these numbskulls. and the distribution by heading over to patreon.com slash pcper and becoming a patron. Patron of the arts, if this is what you want to call art. Nobody calls this art. This is this is like an hour, maybe two, of mind-numbingly boring people. Hey. Except for Sebastian. <laughs> There's banter. People like the That's, banter. It's it's performance. They like the banter. The, the stumbling, the yeah. talking about. Look, some people <laughs> throw buckets of paint against walls and they call that art. This True. Is well, you know, Jackson Pollock used paint. to do never mind. Oh, we don't nah. want to. All right. You don't want to yes. get into his orifice. We do not have a uh, standout Patreon person, which makes me sad because you know, I was feeling a little lonely, I was feeling a little down, and I was getting lots of low energy right before the show, and I thought, you know, I could I could say something nice and funny and interesting about the person who ups their thing on Patreon, but guess what? No such thing this week. Be better. Oh, at least you had a burger to come for you. This is true. And uh, speaking of which, I did have a burger. And I swear to goodness, Ooh. because... the. This, this came directly from Wisconsin. And if you're from Wisconsin, then you'll say Wisconsin. Maybe. Wait, you're talking about no? Culver's? Are you sure? Are you sure that's how they no, say this it? Is, yeah, Wisconsin. I, I know somebody who's right next door, but is separated by a great lake, which I think is kind of a mediocre lake. Not a superior one? No. Nope, not at all. But anyway... Let's uh, let's see what I ate today. This is called curd is the word. And the curd is the word is two beef patties topped with homemade beer cheese. Buttermilk battered cheese curds, which you see at the top there. And garlic Dijon mustard. And when you first think of this, you you think, wow, that's cheese curds and beer cheese. Let me tell you something, people. It all worked. And you know what? The magic formula was the garlic Dijon mustard. It brought it all together. It, it wasn't too creamy. Like, you know, when you're biting something and suddenly your mouth is just coated with fat. Now, now that mustard just cut right through it. Felt great. Good mouthfeel. Excellent taste. Would recommend, but I'm going to have to see my cardiologist next week. So if you haven't noticed, uh, uh, Sebastian's not feeling great. He's a little congested. He talks like this. It's just mostly that my my voice is more annoying than usual. And it it does have a more nasally quality. Nobody was nasal. 
for an hour. It is a bit nasally. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if you get into, uh, ASML, is that, is that ASCI? Or I can't remember. ASMR. 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 ASML is, is the people who do the optics for yeah. litho. Yeah. Those ASMR. are expensive machines, Josh, as you well know. Yes. They sure but are. But you know what? Your voice, your voice is priceless. Right. Speaking priceless. of lithography, we may have a Ryzen 7000 problem. Ooh. So apparently, uh, they're burning up. I mean, not a huge amount, uh, you know, percentage wise, but enough to make people think twice about doing things with their new Ryzen 7000 chips. If you see from the picture, and I will describe it to you for those who are seeing impaired, otherwise listening to our podcast over whatever podcast medium, um, we've got a chip laying it on its back. And there are two very significant bubbles from the organic substrate caused by a uh, sudden massive increase in voltage and heat. And if you look on the left-hand side, you will see the LGA array. And there is a large, significant charred portion of this. You ain't going to buff that out. It it also looks like it might be a divot there, Josh. Like you could set a... uh, yeah, like you could set a golf ball into it and it would be held reasonably securely. Uh, there are some theories about what's going on. It, it, it's, it really looks like it's only affecting the 7000X3D processors with the 3D vCache. Voltage is being pulled up at a rate that is unsustainable. Uh, there are BIOS fixes out. It is not entirely sure if those BIOS fixes are actually going to fix it, which... This is a little concerning. My gut reaction was to blame overvoltage uh, tuners, cl- overclocking, yep. tweakers, and things like that. But Is what you're saying were is just out of the an box. Expo profile. No, but it oh. was just the Expo profile was enough to do it hmm. on yes. some of the boards. And I think it was Guru 3D that I was reading that sort of said that there, it's definitely not a direct quote, but some motherboard vendors have found ways around the voltage limits that AMD recommended or set. To give you better overclocking performance, of course, but didn't realize that, yeah, with the X3Ds especially, that's not going to lead to a good outcome. So they're sort of saying, and the motherboard manufacturers sort of bypassed a cap they shouldn't have. Hmm. But at the same time, AMDs were being really good and saying, hey, if you've had this happen, contact customer support, and from the sounds of it, you're going to get a new chip. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you got to think about, you know, what's QAQC? in development of this from AMD, what kind of leeway are they allowing their partners? Because again, they're smaller than Intel. And so they can't, they can't bring the hammer down on people who are, you know, like, Hey, we're going to do expo memory, but we're going to use lower quality chips. And so to get to these figures, we're going to have to have X amount of voltage and AMD is probably going to be like, that may be out of spec. We haven't tested for it. But knock yourself out because we're still only a 25%, you know, CPU market share. And, uh, you know, the the 7000 series is supposed to kind of help, you know, propel them, especially the X3D, into the next level. And now we're kind of seeing this stuff. So do do you want to read the the AMD statement, Sebastian? Uh, Let's pull it back up here on screen. 
So the official AMD statement, this is uh, being published in various outlets. This is a non-tech I have pulled up. Quote, we are aware of a limited number of reports online claiming that excess voltage while overclocking may have damaged the motherboard socket and pin pads. We are actively investigating the situation and are working with our ODM partners to ensure voltages applied to Ryzen 7000X 3D CPUs via motherboard BIOS settings are within product specifications. Anyone whose CPU may have been impacted by this issue should contact AMD customer support. And I, I don't even want to look at the pads on my 7950X and X3D because I have been consistently running those with 1.35 or higher volts on the DDR5. Well, they're probably welded together by now. So have fun. <laughs> yeah. Taking that out. Now it, You've now it got shouldn't an be. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you're you're gonna get if any kind of manufacturing, you're you're gonna get some defects, and it just so happens that this probably pushes a significant number of those defects into yeah. the failure category, and so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see more investigation here about what happens and and you know what it's it's gonna <laughs> it's it's gonna push more people it's like you know why do i want to invest in this when am4 is out there it's inexpensive and you can now buy 3600 64 gigs of 3600 memory for 110 bucks i could yeah. not believe that the other day it's under one it's well under 150 dollars now for 64 gigs of fast ddr4 yeah, yeah. Stay on AM4. and i mean you <laughs> get a 5800 x3d and 64 gigs of memory and i mean you're you're set for 1440p and 4k gaming for whatever mm-hmm. card you have for years ahead so it's it's not it's not great for amd obviously and i mean they were very aggressive in pushing the 7000 series out the door and you know kudos to them for doing that i mean the the, the chip people uh, we're able to hit all their marks, all the deadlines. It's just AMD and platforms. I mean, it is platforms are are hard because you have to support a tremendous amount of third party products all on that same platform and all have it work supposedly seamlessly. Yes, we have standards like PCI 4.0, PCI 4, PCIe 5.0, but invariably things happen and so stuff may not work as planned across entire uh ecosystems of uh of motherboards and and architectures so so investigating the issue is hardware busters who had this uh somebody in our discord posted this earlier i was it's very interesting because they're looking at direct power like inline power monitoring from the power supply uh, to the motherboard and looking at the kind of behavior that different Ryzen processors exhibit. And some of the numbers are pretty crazy. Here's a 7800X3D. Idle power consumption on average is only 29.364 watts, but they were what they call idle peaks. In this case, it was 53 watts. Well, you move up to a 7950X3D. Idle peak, 130 watts. The, the whole 70... 70- 900 series suffers from 100 watt plus idle peaks. So I feel like there is definitely room for, yeah, here's another one, 100 plus uh, watt idle peaks on the 7900X. And this is unloaded. He said that the, I think it said processor utilization was at 5.12%. 
for the 109 watt peak with the 7800X. And the, it was only at 3.53% utilization when the 7950X 3D hit 130 watts, supposedly at idle. So it does seem like there are some some odd kind of voltage and power regulation issues with these. And those burned out boards were actually apparently dead chips sitting at idle that were continuing to heat up and heat up and heat up until you saw the, the damage to the pads, the damage to the socket underneath. Those are completely dead. They were... Uh, so, AMD stepped up to say, hey, contact us. We don't know about the motherboard vendors yet. Maybe we'll, when the dust clears, it'll be okay. Ryzen 7000. Well, here's the thing. But you know what those pins are. If you take the time and go through the documentation, you know what the pins are. Yes. AMD knows what those pins are. So it's going to be, uh, it is going to be fascinating to see how they fix this or if there need to be other motherboard revisions to uh, be able to fix this problem. I don't know. Well, Josh, think we, ways. We, thanks to Igor's lab, we have an oh, analysis well. of the pad and he oh. identify exactly what those pens do. The affected contacts supply the CPU with the VDDCR. Now, so un- core power. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you adjust memory overclocking, like when you adjust voltage, I'm overvolting the SOC inside the processor so it's it seems like there is a design problem here and i think that the answer is obvious because we've seen the bios updates what do they do they limit that to 1.3 volts i wonder if it's a physical locking of voltages or if it's just programming Low-level microcode firmware. Just adding in a quick update here. Since we recorded our podcast, there have, of course, been updates to this continuing story. And here's one from videocards.com. AMD has seemingly solved the problem of burning Ryzen 7000 CPUs. The just-released AGISA firmware for AMD 600 series motherboards will limit the SOC voltage to 1.3 volts. This means AMD acknowledges that the root issue was the SOC voltage going higher than AMD intended for their CPUs. We have root caused the issue and have already distributed a new AGISA that puts measures in place on certain power rails on AM5 motherboards to prevent the CPU from operating beyond its specification limits, including a cap on SOC voltage at 1.3 volts. None of these changes affect the ability of our Ryzen 7000 series processors to overclock memory using Expo or XMP kits or boost performance using PBO technology thus alleviating any concerns that I may have had or anyone may have had about memory overclocking with the limited SOC voltage. Uh, AMD interests the Ryzen Z1 series. So these are the super next generation APUs from AMD. It's the uh, Ryzen Z1 and the Ryzen Z1 Extreme. Uh, Full native 1080p performance across a wide variety of applications, all aimed at the handheld market. These uh, are first going to be seen in the Asus ROG Ally and possibly others, but basically it's an 8-core 16-thread, 12 RDNA 3-core, 24-meg cache processor, SOC. Look at those flops. 
8.6 teraflops. Now, whether or not it actually reaches that, that's one question, yeah. but. Well, listen, that's an engineering projection if you read the very fine print here, but I have oh, every yeah. confidence mm-hmm. that uh, it'll be very close. Well, well you know I mean, how okay. Those they, work out. They, do, they do have a lot of compute on that chip, and you can't argue about that. We don't know the speeds and feeds. But we do know, in theory, it should be a pretty heavy-duty little SOC mm-hmm. that can fit in your hand and play games. The Ryzen Z1 is a cut-down version with six cores, 12 threads. And this is all Zen 4 processors, four RDNA 3 graphics cores. So one-third of the uh, performance there of the Z1 Extreme. 22 megs of cache, and uh, it's down to 2.8 teraflops, in theory. Well, according to AMD via The Verge, it says here in this Ars Technica article, as we go layers and layers deep, the Z1 can run games about 55% faster than a Steam Deck. And then there's the Z1 Extreme on top of that, or Z1, depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the Z1 for you. The Z1 Spectrum. But it's, I think this is kind of, it'll be mitigated somewhat by the fact that these new systems that'll be coming out and all of their clones will all have higher resolution displays in the Steam Deck. And so you're going to be gaming at higher resolutions, theoretically. So you And it's be, relatively slow DDR5 that will be attached to it, so it shouldn't burst into fire like your uh, previous story. No, no. Well, the yeah. TDP the on the extreme is, is only up to 30, so there you go. Yeah. And 12 it matches the compute units from their previous one for RDNA 2, so it's on the high-end one, it's 12 compute units. Cool CUs yeah. on the extreme. It'll be interesting to see if the memory is what kind of cripples the, the extreme. Uh, not cripple, you know, but uh, not make it as good as it could be. Right. Yeah, that was pointed out in the article that memory bandwidth... Uh, it's not scaling quite as linearly as you might think because at some point you just run out of bandwidth. For example, Grand Theft Auto V, there's almost no performance uplift at all going from the Z1 to the Z1 Extreme. Same with Dota 2. I mean, you're already up against a limit there. Maybe that's like a CPU limitation, but who knows? Games like that that are more CPU bound because they're so you know, easy to drive. But like CS. And what's interesting as well is this is a four nanometer product. Yes. Oh, interesting. Also yeah. not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> yeah. So whether or not it's, you know, a full four nanometer or some kind of strange little, you know, AMD only from TSMC, like NVIDIA has a four nanometer process, which is optimized for them. I don't know. We don't have all of the details yet. Again, no speeds and feeds. But it is a, uh, it's an extremely uh, competent SOC in terms of not only CPU power, but also graphics. So uh, we're, so far, we've got one handheld that's going to be doing that. We may see others. Um, and it's kind of funny to, to think that, uh, you know, the people at Valve worked with the uh, AMD Semi-Custom to develop their specialized CPU. And, and a year and a half later, we, we get a non-specialized CPU that you know, is available for general purpose. And it's going to be interesting to see what uh, other handheld people will do with this technology and what kind of tricks that uh, they can do to kind of, you know, 
how long before give the, themselves uh, an advantage. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have this... a chance to gain some market share here because yeah. uh, NVIDIA, when was the last time they updated their mobile compute platform? The one that drives the Nintendo oh. Switch, for example, that's years old and significantly... And t- teg- and teg- tegra, I yeah. don't remember which version it was. Tegra 4.5. I'm thinking, but no. it was Form? a while back. Mm-hmm. NVIDIA, or AMD can swoop in and they have this high-powered... They're talking about the specs... That with the ally, the specs that we're going to see, I'm sure mirrored with many different manufacturers with this type of device, is a seven-inch 1080p screen, 500 nit brightness, 120 hertz refresh rate. So very much more a premium experience, but that will eat into a lot of those performance improvements. But the chip can handle it. I mean, clearly, if this is especially the the extreme version of these, the higher performance part, but thought we'll have... Boy, you got to wonder how long that battery's going to last. Yeah, that's the question. Mm-hmm. 120 hertz, 500 nits, or 700 nits? I don't know, but yeah, that's uh, it's going to eat it up. You, you're probably going to want these plugged in most of the time. But I mean, look at this. Don't you Don't you want this device? Look at look at the, the lines, the... You know, after I turned 50, I... I wanted to start getting rid of some things. So the children were first. <laughs> the voodoo cards will be last. Oh, yes. good. Good. Priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about MSI. I hear that they unlaunched a super 3060 TI. I don't know a whole lot well, about this one. So if someone else could talk, okay. expound upon it doesn't exist. Don't Last week, well, we talked anymore. about the fact that MSI was launching a 3060 Ti Super 3X. But apparently, yeah, but it was super, a 3060 Ti right. Super, not but, a but not a super, super because, of course, that's an NVIDIA designation for a higher end chip that isn't a Ti. Obviously, this was a bad idea, and NVIDIA said, "No, you're you can't do that." It's according to this report here at VideoCards.com, NVIDIA wasn't happy with the product name. Chosen by MSI. Huh. Really. Shocking. Shocking. So uh, a week after its launch, it has been unlaunched. But it wasn't really launched. Or they just sort of paper. We're going to, you know, this. Okay, you know Alex, if Alex okay. was still at MSI, this wouldn't have happened. It's true. And he would have said the all new 3060 Ti. And everybody would know that it's the all new 3060 Ti Supreme. Yeah, but no. And we feel but super about it. That's the difference between super and super. Exactly. Yes. Super. Super pipe. You need to get back to the super pipe. Product marketing people. Pay attention. Pay mind. Oh. Yep. Hey, listen to our We're podcast. Up. We said it was a bad idea last week. Boom. Unlaunched. That's the power. That's the influence that we have. <laughs> yeah. It could happen more than once. He's got their ear. He's got their ear. It's just the, and the unfortunately reach. they they've, reach. they've 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 got sheriff's deputies out uh, with warrants looking for their ear. Ah, uh, no. Yeah. Anyway, shall we then go on? This next story could be low key one of the biggest stories of the month. Easily, AMD has made a lot of noise. We talked about this. Are you an enthusiast? They ask, and do you have sixteen gigabytes of memory or more? Are they actually, do they have the stones 
to release a product in current year with an insufficient amount of VRAM. So obviously the rumors about the 4060 Ti only being eight gigabytes, that's just ludicrous. In current year, eight gigabytes? GTFO. Well, according to this rumor, also at videocards.com with a Z, by the way, it's videocards. Radeon RX 7600 XT finally has a release date. This is tagged as a rumor. AMD has notified board partners about the upcoming embargo schedule for the next Radeon desktop update. Now, according to this table here, 7600 XT is Navi 33 based, 32 CUs, 8... Negative 2.6 gigahertz. Yeah, somewhere in that region. 8 yeah. gigabytes of 128-bit GDDR6, I'm assuming, but only 8 mm-hmm. gigabytes. Oh. Is that acceptable? Yeah, yeah. Are you an enthusiast if you buy a 7600 XT? AMD says no. I guess that's their mainstream option. I better be $200. It's not going to be $200, uh, but it is about, going to replace the 6600 because the 6600 has done pretty well. And it's a cost effective part. And as long as you didn't enable ray tracing, it was a really good 1080 board. And uh, the 7600 XT supposedly is around 11 to 15% faster than that but actually pull around the same, if not a little less power. And so you're going to get kind of next generation, uh, you know, RDNA three performance. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this is a monolithic die or if they will continue with the chiplets uh, with a smaller core die. We don't know a lot of these details yet. I think but it's monolithic. I thought, I thought chiplet was only a 7900 series, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's it's scalable. It is, and and speaking of scalable, they could easily scale up the memory on the same controller and do sixteen gigabytes. They could pull an Nvidia and have a seventy six hundred XT eight gigabyte and a seventy six hundred XT sixteen gigabyte version. Oh, I tell you though, they've done that before. We're, they we're at the a really strange gig for the forty eighty and the five eighty. Sorry, they did. They we're did. in a really strange spot. For I'm sorry, I'm just going to make this for memory in terms of price and capacity and what people, namely developers, are doing with current titles. The amount of optimization on on a lot of these latest titles are not fantastic, especially stuff ported over to PC. I think uh, what was the latest game that was announced in the last couple of days that uh, people have been testing I mean, Last of Us has is, is been a bad thing. Uh, there was another one that I can't remember. Um, no. Uh, the word. new Jedi. The new Jedi one. Oh, yeah. It's eating okay. 16 to 20 gigs of memory in... in and, and, I mean, you're getting less than 60 frames per second gameplay with top-end cards. Uh, it's not great. So, also yeah, we're in a very, very strange... Install. What's that? It's apparently it's over a hundred gigs install as well. Yeah, it's big, but um, there's a lot of optimization to be done, and you're not going to be doing 16 gigs of memory on a 220 to 260 dollar product. It's it's you're going to have to deal with that eight gig, and that's just the way it is. And they're going to have to eat some crow talking about it. But until you get over the $300 mark, 
you'll see the 12 gig and above. And that's, I mean, there, there just seem to be some hard limits there. Uh, but otherwise it's great to see some new offerings and the low end that will be for the same price as the current low end, or at least we think so, but still outperform them by a significant amount. Is this, is this not good news? Are you not entertained? You know, and, and, and speaking of more rumors, and we mentioned this quickly during our previous conversation about the RX 7600 XT, NVIDIA may be releasing the RTX 4060 Ti and priced at a much more reasonable 399 which is the same pricing of the original 3060 Ti back two and a half years ago but featuring 37 Ti performance. Almost sounds like the 4070 for 600 with 3080 performance, except, of course, we never had a $400, dollars uh, $3080. There's an expected no. lineup series uh, a spec chart down below there, so you can jump to that. I can scroll a little bit. Base clock is up above the 4070, interestingly enough. Oh, come on. Only 76 billion transistors. <laughs> but the, the real and problem the here. the dreaded 8 gigabytes. Exactly. The only GDDR thing you're going to see in any oh. comment section is the VRAM. 8 yeah. gigabytes for $400 um, in current year? The other thing you're going to see is the 128-bit bus because it is 3-plus-ish yeah. gigabits per second behind its brethren. Yeah, oh, but they, wow. the magic of Boston long time. As AMD has <laughs> instructed us, you know, because they released a 64-bit product a couple of years ago. Remember that? Mm. It's mm-hmm. not just about the memory interface. A lot of it has to do with the cache. And they oh, have cache. fattened up that cache with this 40 series. It is significantly higher than the 30 series was. I think that's why they're Get getting behind away me, bus width. Yeah. Get behind yeah, me. Bus width. Who cares about bus width? We've got all this <laughs> level two cache. Well, they've got their little cache that they're But what if up. it was really, really low latency? Screw bandwidth, just well, really good low latency. And, and obviously it works. How could, Ooh. how on the, how on earth? Could a 4070 with a 192-bit bus consistently perform right there with a 3080? With a 320-bit bus. So it's just it's ridiculous, but it's the power yeah. of the architecture, the cache. Gosh, you mean the design actually means something and they can do things oh. to kind of optimize that over a couple of years? Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. The $399 price point is going to bring them all to the yard. So I think that could be a winning ticket for them. It, <laughs> like it's all those here. millions and millions of hours of simulation. How much RAM? So People have unrealistic expectations, unfortunately, when it comes to what their dollar can buy. In uh, what else year. is new? Maybe you think that $399 is too much for this card, but $399 is like $249. It's, it's all- it's all bill of materials. It's the BOM of any card. Uh, it's not like, I mean, yeah, a year and a half ago, NVIDIA was was hitting the plus 60% margins. We're going to find out soon with their results that they are not at that 60% anymore, especially in the consumer GPU area. Um, 
and I'm not trying to make excuses for them. A lot of people think that they're, you know, the absolute rat bastards in terms of, you know, we're going to charge as much as I want. And, and certainly when you look at the 4080, you, you get that impression because there's no way that should be a $1,200 card. However, when we start getting down to the 4070 non TI, we do see the compression of how much it actually costs for that chip, how much it costs to the memory. And, you know, PCB board costs are not that much, but the components sitting on that PCB, uh, you know, it's, it's still a cutting edge part in terms of voltage regulation and whatnot. And you need extra, you know, it, it's going to be more expensive. And so I don't know what the lowest price you could do for a 4070. People would be like, this needs to be a $400 card. I don't know if, if, if margins could actually meet that because we're starting to get compressed just because, I mean, inflation is a thing. And stuff is more expensive to produce than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. So it's, it's, it's a hard play. It's, yeah, we'll find out more as we get quarterly reports from these guys to where it actually sits. I don't think they're being as horrible as we expect them to be, especially at the lower end. But at the same time, uh, you know, there, there could be some leeway to give us some more options at a more palatable price. It's a weird market. It is a weird, weird market. You've, you've got Intel. If you want inexpensive graphics with a lot of VRAM, you can get an A770. For $349. And I think that is one of the best deals on the market now under 400 bucks. And they just released a new driver set. And they're improving overall performance. Again, another step with this mm-hmm. latest one. But now we can move along to getting vintage with it. Na 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 getting vintage with it. <laughs> I think Sebastian DJ should take his, his load of, of uh, old parts and just take them to one of these shows and just leave them the behind. The, leave them the behind? Leave them behind. What are you just talking about? Get them out of your life. Yeah. Brett, they're, they're not doing you any good. Uh-huh. You can buy new ones there. He could buy more oh, vintage. No. Yeah, that's right. There. A lot they of people probably have like, it's like a swap meet. You go to these yeah. vintage computer shows and people buy stuff and sell it. Maybe you could maybe you could swap yours for something that worked. I what I should Man. do is swap some of mine for cold hard cash. But yeah. That would be a practical thing to have, but I mean Jersey isn't that far away from you. It's pretty far. But, uh, oh. I, they have a Midwest I, computer festival too. I don't have to drive that far to go to one of these. I, I like how you preface this was an actual reason to go to New Jersey. Uh, oh, yes, which is what he said. I know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I just so that it wasn't. They, they don't call it the Garden State for nothing. You know, right. you stay out of Newark, and it's a lovely yeah. state. And and oh, okay, stay off the tollways as well. But yeah. Anyway, this was uh, uh, Jeremy's feel-good story of the week. So I, I thought we would bring this in. No, it looks 
wonderful. Like there's a lot of memories sitting there and some even predate me or at least being able to play with them. And uh, so apparently he's, he spent several hours there. Um, and of course, because it is a vintage computer festival, uh, the computer systems went down so they couldn't buy anything or buy food or anything. So someone actually managed to jury rig the modern stuff to work again. I don't know that it involved hooking up a VIC-20 to everything again, but it's possible. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's interesting. And uh, apparently he's, this is only like a 10th of the pictures or so that he took. Uh, so at Hackaday, you'll probably see even more posts from it, but it's like just stacks and stacks of memories. It's there's a lot of fun of stuff in there if you grew up that stacks way. Stacks and stacks of memories because you saw one stack of those, your memory. Yes, those curved are. shaped uh, silicon graphic desktop workstations as in a picture uh, flow by the indigo. And everything is that perfect tobacco stained color. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You just need a little uh, you know, electro brightening. Yeah. Retro bright. Yes. You know, I've I've heard retro that if you heat that plastic. Supposedly, that, uh, the oils and stuff kind of come to the surface, and 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 you get that. But you have to use like a propane torch, and yeah. you have to use a light touch. Carefully. Otherwise, yeah, it's bad. Don't do this at home, kids. Disclaimer. Uh, brought to you by the generation that figured out that if you put a motherboard with some loose uh, soldering on it and through a uh, cycle on the uh, low cycle on the dishwasher, it will actually. Reflow. Fix a lot of those connections. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And now it is time on a show to pause for our dearly beloved sponsor. As a software engineer, it's not always straightforward to find just the right place to practice your craft. People like us can often find it difficult to settle into just the right role for our careers. Well, consider Bloomberg. They're out there working to build a top-notch information network for financial professionals, and they're looking for engineers to join their team. Personally, I know that I've always wanted to work on challenging projects that had real impact on actual shipping products and services, but sometimes that has just not worked out. While I've not yet worked for Bloomberg, they're forward-looking and are building tools their clients will come to rely on for systems that matter in solving real-world complex problems across global capital markets. They're working in real-time market and enterprise data with sophisticated analytics that are touched by over 350,000 financial professionals. Bloomberg systems operate at tremendous scale with over 300 billion, yes, B is in billion, market messages daily. So many of you will already be up to speed on the majority of Bloomberg software as it's built in C++, JavaScript, and Python. So you're obviously not going to get locked into a proprietary shop as Bloomberg's engineers are active members of the open source community in both leveraging and making commits back to many projects. Learn more about the opportunities that await you by visiting Bloomberg.com careers. That's Bloomberg.com careers. All right, Jeremy, this is your time to shine. This is a quick look at the Monoprice wireless web meeting headset. And if I keep talking like this and lower my voice, then maybe I can start. Never mind. I don't want to talk like that person. Oh. Make sure you insert it carefully and, and very, fully. very hard. So it's literally, it's uh, Monoprice designed this for. Teams meetings for Zoom meetings for everything like that, and are selling it you know at a, a relatively decent price. It's never over fifty bucks. Uh, it's often on sale for below. I started using this last Wednesday uh, at work. No one noticed that I changed from the SH or the SH eighty, the Corsair. Uh, 
and I haven't charged it. I've been using it for a week now. I have not bothered to charge it because the Bluetooth comes with a wonderful little sleep uh, setting where they're saying 125 hours. I'm thinking I'm not doubting them because literally Hmm. have not charged this since the initial two hours. And I'm talking, I don't know, average of four hours, four and a half hours a day. Plus it's just constantly on. So, you know, it's not gorgeous. Hey, it's pleather though. Oh, the pleather is quite nice too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's slightly smaller than I'd like. Like the boom is not quite far enough, long enough to reach my mouth. So I have to push it forward a little bit on my head. Not uncomfortably, but uh, not too bad. And the ear cups again are a little bit small, but then, you know, I'm sitting in the big and large chair and, you know, I'm not exactly a small person. The, the most amusing thing about this, other than it works f- for a meeting headset, is that they've got what they call a surround button. And so it tries to do sort of virtual surround, and it's literally a Dr. Dre Beats button. Do you remember those? <laughs> the ones with just like obscene amounts of bass, like to the point where there's almost a little bit of reverb going on. That's what it does. So if you're in the middle of a boring meeting and you just, like, I don't know what the heck to do. Just turn that button on. Everyone's voice drops like an, almost an octave, and you get some reverb going, and it's a little bit funny. Uh, the other nice thing about him is the connectivity on it. The HS80s, if I get bored in a meeting and I wander off to the fridge and I go, you know, start prepping something for dinner or something as people are blathering on, those would drop. They, I would get blinks in and out. These things do not care. They have a perfectly solid connection. They do not drop anything. So if you're looking for a pair of headphones that you just can ignore and you just use them at work and you don't want to think about them and they squish down so that you can fit them in a bag or anything and the headband protects them relatively nicely and yoink that mic crumbs off so you don't have to worry about it. I don't know. Uh, For that sort of money, I'm even considering talking to my procurement guys because that's about what we're paying for the Jabra's and I hate those Jabra's. They're oh, Jabber is the worst audio quality. Seriously. Oh, they're just not good. They're terrible. It How's has uh, we, we bought like the $350 Jabra kind of, oh, you know, desk. Oh, the conference ones. Oh, man. They're awful. The audio quality. There's so many of them. Yeah. Terrible. Hates that people give them away because, yeah. No, this sounds How's like the com- uh, comfort after. How's the comfort after three hours of wearing? I'm fine. Fine, it's a nice spacious headband. We a little bit of padding on it, if you can see that. Uh, and it's plastic. It's super lightweight. Like there's plastic, but they were smart enough to put a little bit of metal for the extension, and on. Or sorry, and you can see on the the other side there, for the hinge is actually metal reinforced. But other than that, it's plastic and pleather. They weigh almost nothing. And will they run wired if you had to? Yes. Oh. And cool. if you're stuck on a desktop. They actually come with a dongle. So if you don't have Ooh. Bluetooth connectivity, you can do the, the dongle. The problem with that is that now you've got like a hard limit of about 26 hours worth of battery because instead of being able to go to sleep, it's constantly talking back and forth to the dongle. Gosh, which still, 26 uh, hours is still a week's worth of work. It's, it's like, it's hope BT5. you remember to plug them in on Friday. So it's got a slightly extended frequency and range. So that's probably why it works yeah. better than your other set. Yes, it does. So, I mean, it's literally, you put them on on Monday, you forget them out, you keep work on Friday, 
Try and remember to plug them in to recharge. If you don't, don't worry about it. They'll still be working on Monday. <laughs> well, that is so, a glowing seal of approval from Jeremy. Our most exciting Canadian. product you could possibly get. Yeah. Meeting headphones. Just <laughs> say sorry once. Eh? Exactly. We're moving on to security corner, otherwise known as I'm going to raise your blood pressure 20 points. If you're a sysadmin or a network admin or even just help desk, because the things coming your way are unending. It's like piranhas through murky water. Just, you know, they're there going to chunk off piece by piece skin and and just. This trio of security corner stories is themed. It's all about remote code execution tonight, folks. Stay with us. Who's got this one? Because I don't. Because it gives me ulcers. Well, this is uh, about Apache, who puts out uh, a server uh, people may have heard of. They put out a server that helps run the Flask environment. Uh, People may not have heard of uh, Flask. It's a server-side way to build web applications. Now, like many environments, when you uh, build a a back-end service to run programs, it comes with a variety of configuration options that uh, they suggest you change. Some of them include keys. You would not be surprised to learn that many thousands of servers out there never changed their quote-unquote flask secret key there are at least a couple of thousands that never that never change their flask secret key uh, and they are susceptible to a remote code execution because you can pretend to be a remote admin session and completely own the service so they let the genie they, out of the bottle they sure did and they tried to fix this a little bit in in um I think it was 2022 or, or so where they started to put up a uh, like a secret key warning. You must change this. And the same roughly number of, of servers were still affected after a, a period of time. They're now they've new version. They won't even start. But that doesn't help the thousands of websites that are already out there that are already defa- uh, defaulting to start up with, quote unquote, secret key as it's. Uh, random phrase to seed the uh, generation of session keys and the like. So unfortunately, it's fairly easy to become a fully authenticated admin against these services, and they show no inclination of actually fixing them at this point. Yeah. Oh, and this, these are institutions and news agencies and, and you know, just But don't small worry. Fry. Because they don't even have to be hacked. They can just be taken down because their bloody UPS won't work anymore. Oh, that's the next story. Yeah. No, this is the one that gets me because APC, who no one has ever heard of. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Their smart ops are vulnerable to, it's a a combo of, of of a denial of service and a remote code execution. Because why go for one when you can have two? So all of a sudden you can not only disable the UPS's ability to do what it's supposed to do, you can disable the monitoring and the ability to remotely turn it back on again, which is why you paid all the extra money for the smart UPS. And this is the thing. It's like dial of service is kind of annoying most of the time, 
but when it's literally stopping you from rebooting everything in the office that you actually have to go in and manually turn the UPS back on that's already kind of a little bit screwed up because they can just take it down again. Uh, it's like you, you need to either upgrade to uh, their power chute, which I believe has a licensing fee involved with it. Yep. I think it does. Uh, yeah. Or you just sort of turn your remote admin off because that's great. So their free software is susceptible to a security code viol- uh, or an RCE, while the paid version is not. Is not. Interesting incentive. Interesting what? incentive mm. there. Mm. Upgrade or else. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes that makes everyone happy. But you know what makes me even happier? It's when I patch for a vulnerability, and then I got to patch again. I thought you were going to say 2.5 gigabit Ethernet makes you happy. No, no. That oh, makes no. you happy in a different, low, that's low. A different way. Because it's a router. This probably has a 2.5 GBE somewhere. Oh, it, it right? might. It might. Welcome to the T- TP-Link Archer X, uh, AX1800 Wi-Fi router vulnerability yeah. times two. Where yeah, Toronto like actually the- did something useful. <laughs> at the uh, I think this was the pwn to own Toronto hacking event in 2022 yep. uh, exposed the original vulnerability so this TP-Link router happens to be exploitable by a finely crafted uh, in the wild exploit uh, currently being exploited uh, way to attack the administrative area uh, by uh, doing a right country and then passing it uh, some other arbitrary code that it'll go and happily fetch for you and download a, uh, a backdoor essentially. Uh, so there you go. RCE for the asking. Now they patched this, but they really never fully uh, uh, patched it so that it would no. not allow it anymore. And the, uh, the Miri botnet malware uh, stepped in to take advantage of this and uh, exploited uh, probably thousands of these. So DDoS is all around for everyone. Well, my favorite thing about Mirai grabbing it is that, oh yeah, you'll uh, fix your router, but it's already done so many horrific things inside your entire network at this yeah, point. Exactly. That, yeah, you are. They take it. Believe it or not, they, they they said one of the indications that you've been taken over is that it gets very hot. <laughs> you have to check the temperature of it by touching it. Oh yeah, you've probably been owned if it gets too my hot. Router anyway, has a fever. Yeah, your so, router is mining yeah. for whatever coin. Yeah, whatever. mine for. Now, the owners of these probably patched them once already, and what Josh is referring to is a new patch has just come out that's supposed to finally fix this issue with the new firmware. Yeah. So, if you own we'll one of these and you're patch. thinking, "I patched this thing already," no, no, you need to patch it again. Oh, did you patch it today? Because it's not updated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you tried Chrome zero patching. days. You got to patch every five minutes. Yeah. Did you check for the latest vulnerabilities? Oh, no, that was yesterday. Yeah. Wait until they get AI in charge of <clears throat> writing firmware. Then it's going to yeah. be hourly. Well, side, story, side story. Side story on that. GPT they, apparently writes the most insecure code going. That is, that is correct. <laughs> Although apparently you can converse with chat GPT and eventually get it to own up to the fact that it's writing code that has... Uh, insecurities or vulnerabilities within it and sort of get it to fix it. But that's only when they craft it so that the, they have a 
sort of a known vulnerability that they expect the chat GT- GPT engine to create. That's not to say that there aren't other vulnerabilities that are inherent in what it wrote. They just sort of got it to recognize and fix the one they were targeting. So chat GPT, yeah, if you're getting chat you GPT write to me a, a vulnerability yeah, to attack the code that you've already no, written. It, it won't do that, but it will well, no, write well, vulnerable well, code. I'm sure there are interesting ways where you can say, please give me yeah, an perhaps. example of code that would be perhaps. able to take advantage of the vulnerabilities already built into what you've done. But let's speaking, just serve as a general warning. Speaking, don't let ChatGPT write your code. No. Speaking of don't. gaming the system, we're on to gaming mm. quick hits. <gasps> oh, good. It seems like uh, the UK is going to put the kibosh on Microsoft's Activision acquisition, which... stunning. It's uh, probably a good, good thing because there you don't needs think to we'll be. Overcome? You don't. Microsoft, okay. UK, antitrust. Wait, I've heard this yeah. before. I know. Too I big know. to fail, more like too big to succeed. More to love it. I think this is just going to be a roadblock for them. I think they're eventually going to prevail on this. But anyway, uh, yeah. no, is- no, you are naive. No, you are you're- sweetly naive, Brad. I know that you're young and that you haven't. <laughs> gone through enough of no. these uh, experiences. But. Maybe if Activision just breaks itself up, then Microsoft ah, exactly. Yes. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. Right. The, then it can slurp it up in little mm. bits. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, a lot of people are afraid of this and for good reason. Once you start getting into a monolithic structure with a larger bureaucracy, innovation inevitably comes to a grinding halt and you get becomes acquisition years before games and they do product groups who take surveys and say what do gamers really enjoy and they'll focus in on that rather than trying something new and interesting and different it's just the way these things go because you've got to meet your bottom line so an open world grind with loot boxes or would you like a, a grinding open world with loot boxes or a uh, loot box that you have to grind through an open world to get? Hey, don't forget, about, don't forget about dances and costumes because mm-hmm. that's what drives. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hats. Yeah, hats. Kids like to dance. That's right. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, I'm all for non-acquisition of this. I mean, Activision Blizzard is not have the greatest reputation in the world, but being swallowed up on Microsoft invariably is going to make things worse. So it wasn't going to prove anything. No, it was not. On the good news, they they won't have to pay for the HR department because, I mean, they don't seem to exist in Blizzard Activision. I still think it's inevitable. Yeah, sorry. It probably is, but... We're going yeah, to see so heat death of the it may not be good. It, it may just be in a yeah, heat death. But you know what? <laughs> if you drink out of enough streams, eventually you will die of dysentery. So say. Yeah, this is exciting. Oh, yes. Uh, the original Oregon Trail was written as, a, as an educational game uh, for elementary kids. And he barely saved it. Apparently, the story was is they had like one copy of it and then you know, typed it in and it just took off from there. And a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of kids and, and adults have jo- enjoyed this game for a very long time. There's a, a new version that was released in 2022 from uh, Gameloft. 
and they themselves has fi- have finally released some DLC, and it's just come out. So now there's DLC for Oregon Trail. There's something Cowboys so Cowboys and Critters. Interesting to say about that. There's, I think, there's some new quests that they've added. Um, there's something else. Uh, oh, a cooking system. Oh. Uh, where you yes. can, where so so topical, where you can create uh, healthy meals, uh, so that uh, you can live a longer and healthy virtual life. Until you die of dysentery. Until you die of dysentery, or at or, the river, and you drown. Or yeah, you're usually drown at the river. But no, yeah. it's interesting because I mean, I grew up on this, and uh, there was a Canadian version. Uh, that instead of being the Chisholm Trail, it was the Bartlets. <laughs> uh, who were settling up Upper Canada, and but it was the same sort of a game, and yeah, like this, kids these days will never even look at it because first of all, it was mostly text. Although this one looks like it's a little more graphical, but I suspect the updated, that, uh, yeah, the they're updated still going to be a little bit more. <laughs> but I do kind of watch it. I do kind of want to play this. You know, oddly enough, <clears throat> we have one review. Mostly. Some memory. Sebastian. Mostly. All right, real quick. Lexar, you may have heard of them. Last time we looked at a kit from Lexar, it was DDR4-3600, so that perfect one-to-one match for your Ryzen 5000 processor. Well, this is DDR5-6000, so you'd think tailor-made for Ryzen 7000. Plus, I discovered it has Hynix M-Die ICs which apparently means something to people who care about the IC that is inside of the memory. We're on to oh. the God of War now with Ares before we, were, we had Hades, the God of your, the... Your previous Lexar kit was a lot simpler looking, wasn't it? Yeah, so this is a little bit more complex looking, but you know what? It's not all about the looks. It's what's underneath. And by the way, this has a nice brushed uh, aluminum heat spreader. Oh, it It is nice. In person, it doesn't look as ostentatious as it does in the the product photos like this is pretty plain looking except for that bar at the top it's, it's rgb memory I, of course it, the, I, you know if you just go back to that real quick I, yeah. the the all of the different fonts are really they're kind of coming at me in such a way that I, okay I'm yeah finding could, it <laughs> leave it to brett <laughs> to point out the inconsistency with the product fonts but you're right ddr5 is in one of those old like seven segment display type fonts yeah lex our logo is a sans serif modern font it looks like uh helvetica yep. Yep. but something it's like stylized that. x you know and then aries you're back to this sort of neo-futuristic segmented mm. font yeah. again very a lot going on there here's it's, what's, uh, it's discordant can we talk about something meaningful, though? Because oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, as valid as it uh, is to critique. Will it boot up in the a, uh, of upgraded the re- AMD here, system? Okay. You know how we were talking about Ryzen and memory voltage earlier? Yeah. Okay. Let's look Does at the Does this back. go up to 1.45? Will it instantly do. ignite your Ryzen CPU in a flash of magnesium light? Look at the DVD. If you look at the, oh my god, it does go to one point four. If you yeah, one the back of the package says VDD one point four volts. Ooh, uh, not anymore. But if you look at the modules themselves, now they sent this to me before launch. This is only one point three. They actually programmed the memory to only operate at one point three under Expo. Good. And here's a look at uh, the readout from Typhoon Burner, one of the devs. There's the 16 gigabit MDI. Uh, 
where does it say here? You have the exposed certification at 1.30 volts. Good. Good. And I was going to test this on the AM5 platform, but unfortunately, outside of stock like default ddr5 4800cl40 i could not get the system to post with this memory mm-hmm. it is not on the qvl and i updated the bios and it still wasn't on the qvl this is pre-release memory but i feel like these hynix ics are well established enough at this point i don't know what's going on but i but maybe it's the controller is, what's that maybe it's the controller it could be because when I it, when I put these into the Intel Z690 test platform, of course XMP one click they worked perfectly. But look at what the type of memory is displayed here as DDR5 7666. So th- there could be something That's wrong with my high. sample, I think. But it it did huh. load the XMP profile successfully, so it's three thousand as the actual frequency, and then it's, it's thirty four, thirty eight, thirty eight, seventy six. Uh, by the way, memory, if you want to test your memory, there's the ADA64 benchmark, of course, which will show you scaling, but not in any kind of realistic way. And then I always <laughs> like to test 7-zip. And 7-zip, I tested a DDR5 6200CL36 that I had on the Z690 platform. And the difference between 6200CL36 and 6000CL34, like this Lexar kit, is... Basically, I'm, I'm hurting my eyes trying to squint here. It's virtually the same. In ah, that's a difference you can't feel. Usage. So, I mean, they're they're faster than 4800 kits, but th- I feel like this kind of kit, 6000, that is the sweet spot for Ryzen. So, hopefully, yes. this Expo profile is recognized on other boards. Uh, anyway, it's they're just they're trying to establish uh, themselves as a memory brand, not just a storage brand. And this is on Amazon for I think it's 150 bucks. It'll be discounted just like the last okay. one. So that's the uh, the list price is 150 for a 32 gigabyte 6000 CL34 kit. So not the most competitive price, but it's not bad. They look fine. This is all you can see when it's installed in a system anyway, just the top bars. So you don't have to worry about those fonts, Brett. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say you can't read anything else. And why put them on there? Work on they, they look fine. They look good. Well, thanks for taking the time and doing that review, Sebastian, because you keep us afloat. Thanks you for remembering that review, Josh. Expo uh, 1.3. Yes. Yeah. You know what time it is? Hammer time. I don't have parachute pants. Oh, okay. Now it's, it's picks of the week. You know who's up first? Me. Why? Because I'm important. Do you know why I'm important? Because I make good picks. Sebastian, do you have a pick? Didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's been a while. I've, I've I reviewed these ages ago, but Grado, if you ever wanted to get into the Grado sound, the new SR60X has their latest fourth gen drivers in their very you know, budget-oriented $99 set of headphones. Now, the SR60s have been, well, legendary, really, for the past 15 years of offering very competitive 
sound for a very low price. So if you're ever interested in seeing what Grados are about, then this is an excellent beginning point for you. I mean, they're on ear. Some people like it. Some people don't. They're open ear. Again, if you're in a noisy environment, you're probably not going to like them. But if you're in a non-noisy, noisy, nosy, noisy environment. Both. Either one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're probably going to like them. I mean, they're very airy. They have great mid-range and bass. Uh, really, they are structured more towards voices. So if, if you're really into, you know, a lot of vocals and chorus and stuff like that, you still have all that low end at the same time. And it doesn't have an annoying treble that sometimes, you know, when, when you're listening and you become very, very exhausted on that, that, that sometimes is, is the higher end being overrepresented. And uh, these don't do that. So if you want to see what Creatos are like, uh, less than 100 bucks, and um, you can find out. And it may lead you on a lifetime journey of audio exploration uh, with the Grado package. So there you go. And they're made SR in the USA. 60Xs. They are. Brooklyn. Well, the, wait. I, I think the 60s are made on it. Really? The 60s they've outsourced? Yeah, they, they've been outsourced in, to East Asia for quite a while. I thought we were at war. But with the East 80s Asia. and above, I think, are all. We've, we've always been at war with East Asia. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeremy. Uh, well, I was going to go with Beyond Blue, which is free on the Epic Game Store, but I mean, that's not terribly exciting or anything. Good game, though. If you like ecological stuff and watching humpback whales sleep, it's it's fun. But I was huh. sniffing around, and hey, if you're desperate for a GPU right now in Canada, because uh, our prices are not quite the same as they are below the belt, there is a nice deal right now at Memory Express where you can get a 6750 XT Mac 2X, 12 gigabyte overclocked. Not the most amazing video card, but is it worth about 500 bucks? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. If you're going to, because otherwise you're going to be paying twice that much for an impressive video card. So being able to get something that will do what it wants and you're not going to be throttled by memory, because eight gigs would probably do you, but the problem is that most of those cheaper cards are four gigs and that's just nasty. So hey, if you're desperate, go for it. If you're not, hold on, because prices. Prices seem to be coming down. It's really MSI nice. makes a pretty uh, pretty solid card. I've they do, and the Mac is a good a series. Them back in the day, and uh, yeah, they uh, they have some pretty good pretty good build of uh, what they do. They, they just honored an RMA on my sixty eight hundred XT. Oh, sweet! Just like six months out of being out of warranty. So yeah. No, MSI is a good company. It's work. There are some that are annoying. But. All right, Brett, you now. If I've, if I've said it once, I've said it three times probably. I'm all about the power. A couple of weeks ago, I, I talked about portable power units and being able to go on the road with these really cool new portable power units with the lithium-ion batteries in them for USB power, lighting, and all the way up to 110 volts AC. 
And uh, they've gotten fairly inexpensive and relatively affordable and long-lasting for taking into the field. Well, when you're out there for a period of time, how are you going to recharge them? Probably solar. So I looked around, found a few solar kits, and uh, I have one of these battery packs, got myself a solar kit. But I was looking around tonight because I hadn't mentioned it. Like, I found this. $169 for a 100-watt solar panel isn't that bad. This particular one is 50% off. 50% 50% off, and it's four 25-watt panels. Now, this one might be a little bit more setup time because you have to kind of wire them together, so there's a little bit more you know, hands-on uh, cabling in order to get them to work. But the nice thing about them is you could set them up 25 watts at a time, and each one of their carry handles has USB and output plugs on them. So if you wanted to just charge a USB device with nothing else, boom, there's a picture of the handle right there. And they have digital readouts as well as the capability to uh, plug them into the next 25-watt panel. And it comes with a set of four for a a full 100-watt potential and a variety of different plugs to get them plugged into your battery pack of choice or rewire it to whatever input your your battery pack needs. But it's 50% off. The next time that you're on the uh, Kessel Run. For the next time the Kessel Run. Yep. But if they chime together, do they make stormy weather and mm-hmm. lightning? You, you, you're not, you're not, no. uh, you're not familiar with that limerick. I am not at the moment. I was I'm giving just you not a chime. We had a sponsor <sighs> for it. Well, yes, please don't. No, don't that be a little surprise for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you choose to hook them up in parallel or serial, or can you only do parallel? Anyway. Uh, I think they're, they've come with the plug so they can just they add the, um, additional wattage, but not voltage. Okay. I have a pick. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this with bated breath. Sebastian, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a, a pick? Can you not hear all, me? I think we're all nope. waiting. Now I can. We, okay. We can I've, hear you. I've been saying I've got a pick. I've got a pick. And it's it's installed in the system down here, so you can't really see it. So I'll have to add some B-roll. Oh. Although I do have the lid of the accessories uh, shoebox. Dark power! Be quiet, sent the Dark Power 13. I've got a video that I'm working on, just a quick like introduction to this product kind of video. And what's remarkable about this product is not that it's a power supply, because we've seen power supplies before. In fact, you're probably all using one in your it, it feels It feels like velvet, right? The, the the box has a soft touch, Josh. You can't feel it through the camera. Oh, I can see it though. But it's a soft. No, I touch can't smell it either. But it looks box, which is upside down. But yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but this, we're not talking it's about a the box. Premium. We're talking about it looks the fact luxurious. that this product. There's this interesting little entry in the owner's manual, which you probably can't read. Can't. But it's about the overclocking key. Yes, this power supply, it comes with a jumper for permanent overclocking, and it has a backplate with a switch, and you can oh my. overclock your power supply. No, but it doesn't actually overclock it. It doesn't turn an 850 into a 1000, but it does change it, it goes from, from 60 hertz rail. to 68 hertz? No, it changes it from multi-rail to single 12-volt rail. Ah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it has four 12-volt rails by default, or just make it one big fat rail. 
And you lose a little efficiency, but you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna like reset your system because one rail is one pulling too much. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. Nice. Uh, but I have tested this. This is only the 850 that they sent me, and I have a 4090 and a 7950X. No problem. Hmm. But and no recabling is necessary. It's just switch it to monolithic 12 volt rail. Yeah, you could do it with a switch. Yeah, you have to have it nice. turned off. Don't do it while the system is active, please. <laughs> Power it down, then overclock. Make the changes. I'm all about power. Well, I'm going to be interested to hear about that because I really yeah. like the Be Quiet stuff. They make some pretty solid products for those who need the power. Speaking of power. You can't get PC power and cooling anymore because they're gone. They are gone. Weren't they bought up by OCZ? Wasn't it OCZ? And then they're gone. Yeah. Who got OCZ? I can't remember. Toshiba got OCZ. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the but I don't think they're producing all... power supplies. No. It's what it is. All things. All things die. Speaking of which, this this podcast is about to die, but thankfully it will be resurrected next week in a new form, more glorious, made glorious by the summer's sun. But I can't talk about that yet because it's still spring and we still have snow on the horizon in multiple areas. But we'd like to thank you for joining us. And I am shocked that my voice is not cracked under this time because I, I don't talk as much anymore. But part of that is because I don't think as much either. So you're all lucky. Lucky to join us and we're lucky to have you. So with that, we'd like to say thank you and have a lovely day. <laughs>